a lot of pressure, a lot of talk. So now we are in the final Three, two, one, here we go. From the Play Normal Esports Studio, this is Pod BN, talking to people doing big things in Bloomington Normal. I'm Tyson. My name is Justin. And today we have Matt Hawkins and Callum Fletcher, two of the organizers of the 66 Games Expo. Play Normal Esports is one of our best sponsors. We got 802 South El Dorado Road in Bloomington. This is a place to be if you like video games, your kids like video games, you're looking for a place to have a uh, party. They have a Nintendo Switch, Xbox, PlayStation, PC games, anything that your heart desires, you can come check it out. And it's attached to normal gadgets. So if you need to get your cell phone fixed, laptop fixed, you can drop that off. While they're fixing it, play a few games. Uh, Call them at 309-379-8665 or check them out at playnormalesports.com. Matt and Callum, uh, welcome. Thank you. Glad you guys were able to come. I was seeing the posters for this up around town and wanted to learn more about it. So I figured while I was learning, I could talk to you guys, record it, and have other people learn too. Yeah, absolutely. So. Glad they're noticing the posters. Absolutely. Yeah. Hard to miss those things. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I do want to hear where the poster came from, but before we talk about uh, the history of everything and, and what's going on, can you guys just introduce yourselves so people know who you are? Sure, yeah. Matt Hawkins. I'm the uh, Director of Sports and Market Development for the Bloomington Normal Convention and Visitors Bureau and the Sports Commission. That's a mouthful. It is. Yeah, it's, it's hard to get that out sometimes. Business card's two-sided. <laughs> just, <laughs> just the title on one side. Right, exactly. <laughs> so um, I oversee all the sports market uh, things at the CVB and Sports Commission, including uh, a lot of the things that people know include like the IHSA state finals events that are in town at Redbird Arena or at the arena downtown. We help bring those kind of events into town. Um, the CVB and Sports Commission, our, our goals are to, to bring visitors into the area to enhance our economy, get visitors to stay overnight in hotels, spend their money at restaurants, and and, uh, and you know give us an influx of money through that visitor spending and tax revenue. So the 66 games is just a, a fraction of what we do annually, but a, a big part of it as well as far as the visitors that do come to the area. Yeah. Cool. And uh, Coach Fletcher, how about you? Yeah, my name is Calum Fletcher, and I'm the director of esports at uh, Illinois Wesleyan University. So I oversee all things esports, uh, recruitment, uh, oversee the competitive teams we have, the competitions we compete in, the travel, the budgets, all nine yards like that. So, All right. This is actually uh, technically your second time on Pod BN, but <laughs> yeah, technically, longtime listeners will uh, can go will remember the last episode. My laptop got stolen, so uh, so we'll give it another shot. Hopefully, we'll have better luck this time. <laughs> Fingers crossed. I'm lock, lock, lock your car. Locking oh, yeah. the car. <laughs> Hopefully, yes. we're not just cursed. Yes, yeah. I think uh, locking the car is always a good step in that direction. Another public <laughs> service announcement for that. Um, so uh, the 66 games, I I know enough to know that there is a lot going on with this thing. Uh, can you guys tell me, tell us what uh, what different features and aspects are are happening here? Sure, and Calum can jump in. But there's four main components to the overall expo. Uh, the main one, I would say, the way it started was with the League of Legends tournament. This year, I think we'll have about 20, 21 open teams, which means college teams or just recreational adult competitive teams, uh, and then a high school division as well, about uh, 12 teams, I believe. So that's kind of the way it got started. This is year two for that event. Uh, And then this year we've also added a uh, convention, video game convention, where we'll have about 50 vendor booths selling uh, vintage games, video game art, anything video game related. 
Uh, so I'll be up on the concourse of the arena. And that convention was already existing in Bloomington? It was, yes. This will, I think, be year four or five of the convention. And uh, we just so happened to, I think, meet up somewhere and, and threw out the idea of joining forces, uh, bringing the convention in with the tournament, and everybody agreed that would be a good idea. Mm-hmm. Was that at the arena before? It was at a hotel ballroom Rad- before. Radisson, I think? Radisson, I North, okay. North, North Normal, huh. right? Mm-hmm. I think it's a good idea to bring them together, too, because if awesome. someone's never watched this tournament or been to a, something like that, they they might not that might not appeal to them initially. But if they come to check out the expo, mm-hmm. then... They watch that on the big screen. They might get hooked, right? I, I think it's a. I can't. I mean, it's it's kind of a match made in heaven because if you look at the people that are going to attend a video game or cartoon or uh, well, I don't know what they called the convention beforehand, but if you look at the people that are going to attend that kind of thing, they're also the kind of people that are going to be able to step down and watch the tournament. And uh, I know there's a lot of attendees that went to the convention over the last few years and. I mean, it's a match made in heaven. It, it probably also gives some of the people participating in the tournament something to do mm-hmm. while they're waiting to play. Hundred percent, yeah, something like that. So exactly, and I think it was it was a win win in terms of the tournament was a little bit more structured, more official. We had the the bigger venue, more resources, but the convention um, had a pretty strong following yep. in bringing folks in and in attendance. I think they brought folks in from other states even. Yeah, in the past, so. We're offering that kind of more structure, more stability as far as a, an organization, and, what, and then the convention's bringing in the more people. What kind of things are you going to see at the convention? Is it just like video games, or is it video games and like um, cosplay, or like what? All of the above, yeah. I think. There'll be, I think, 50, 51 vendor booths. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think most of them will have vintage <coughs> games. Some are video game artists, yeah, oh, cool. so they'll be selling, selling their own prints of um, video game characters or what have you. Uh, cosplay contest, I think, which will be uh, ordered Sunday at two o'clock. Yeah. I think. So um, yeah, it's a huge undertaking that that Ryan Tauscher uh, oversees for us. Yeah, but he's I mean he's killing it. It's it's um, I think it's going to be a really fun event. I mean, it's everything from there's there's you can go and play video games at tables and just talk to other passionate gamers, uh, buy prints, or I'm sure there'll be like little. Um, Things you'd find on Etsy. I'm trying to think of like what you'd call them, trinkets and stuff that people will be selling. Um, I think it's going to be a hit. Yeah. I, I think there's going to be a lot of people that are going to come through and check that out. That appeals to me because I, I mean I, I don't play video games like I used to, but I, you know I used to play a lot of video games, so I might come check. Like I said, come check out the expo, and then sit there and watch the tournament for a while, and it might turn something on to me that I haven't experienced in a while. So I think it makes the event more kid friendly too. Uh, in in the sense that you know you're really un- pretty unlikely to bring your kids to watch a young kids to watch a collegiate open League of Legends tournament, um, but you are very likely to bring your kid to a yeah. video game convention, which obviously then benefits the tournament because hopefully there's some spillover. So sure, and even the kids could dress up themselves yep. in the cosplay contest <clears throat> if they wanted to. And in addition to the convention, part of that component is. They're having actual uh, side tournaments. In addition mm-hmm. to the big League of Legends tournament, there'll be side tournaments with Smash, Smash Brothers, I think, um, Goldeneye from six, the 64 <laughs> yeah. days. People yeah. still play Goldeneye? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's a big following. Uh, I want to play Goldeneye right now. So <laughs> I haven't played that for a long time. Yeah. yeah, all those kind of side tournaments and stuff, that's all listed on the website at uh, 66games.com. So all the schedules on there. Um, all those different little side things going on. Okay. So what else we got? You guys said the expo and the tournament. The game. third thing, I'm sorry, Game Jam, game jam which I'm still kind of learning exactly <coughs> what that is, but um, 
amateur developers are going to come together and build or create or develop a brand new video game as a team within a 48-hour period on site. So they're going to start, I think, 7 o'clock Friday night. They're going to lock themselves in one of the suites at the arena and just build a game for 48 hours. I don't think they're going to leave. They're going to spend the night in the room and everything. Just build. And then there's going to be a a judging Sunday afternoon with Mm -hmm. awards Sunday evening to determine who who made the best game. How many people are competing on that? I think there's 30-some teams. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know. <laughs> there are really 30-something teams? I think that's last I That's kind of nutty. Yeah. Wow. Huh. So That's super cool. Would that get awarded? Hopefully they each get like multiple the suites. They're not all like 30 teams sitting in all one All in one suite? <laughs> suite. <laughs> no. Get some Febreze. Get yeah. uh, <laughs> the awards are out on Sunday for, okay. for everything. Mm-hmm. Okay. Just kind of run through everything. Yeah, it'll be Sunday somewhat late, probably 8-ish. Yeah. So, so what's, a, what's the turn? This is next weekend? Yep. 17th through the 19th. Okay. And what time mm-hmm. does it start? Friday night at 5 o'clock we'll start the Open uh, Division League of Legends tournament. That'll be mainly what's going on Friday night. Yep. But then Saturday is the big day with matches resuming at 8 a.m. Uh, the convention will open at 10 a.m. and that'll be open till 6, both uh, Saturday and Sunday, 10 to 6, the convention. And then the third or the fourth piece we didn't mention was the esports clinic, where we'll have, I think we have maybe eight or 10 different industry experts and speakers coming in to talk about various aspects of esports like how to create your own high school or college team what's it like to work in esports as a student things of that nature so we'll have people coming in from all over the country to speak on those various topics that'll take place um, that'll be 9 to 3 on Saturday in the restaurant of the arena so what would this uh, what's this cost somebody if they just want to come check it out a three day pass is 30 bucks but if they just want to come one of the days, Saturday or Sunday, it's uh, 13 for adults and 6 for kids. Right on. Wow. So this this is a lot of stuff. <laughs> a lot going on here. There's a lot going on unpack, here. Right? So let, let, let's talk a little bit about the history, and then maybe we can unpack a little bit more about these. Uh, how why is this happening in Bloomington normal? Like all it seems like something you'd see out like on the West Coast in California or something like that. That's why we're excited about it. I'll, I'll share a little bit how how it started and maybe Callum can jump in and talk about the importance and how it mm-hmm. relates to uh, the national scene. But um, at the CVB and Sports Commission, we're always trying to identify new events to new events or meetings or projects to bring into the community. And at, at our office, we're, most of that's through the sales process, identifying organizations that could bring their events here. But in this case, our sports commission's always also looking for ideas that we can, things of, for things we can start ourselves. Um, you might have heard of the State Farm Youth Classic Golf Tournament. Mm-hmm. That's our event. We own and operate that. We own and operate our own uh, wrestling tournament in, in the summer as well. So this idea kind of stemmed out of a board meeting of the sports commission just trying to think of new ideas of things we could create and it really happened organically um, that idea I, I think I made a call to Jamie Maffey he was my first call because I knew he was in games you know not knowing what <laughs> this could might look like um, and just so happened he'd been talking to a couple guys about something like this uh, Zach Gilbert I think was one of them uh, Jim Peterson with District 87 and from there, you know, they knew people who knew people, and, and now we have like a 20-person committee that's overseeing this thing. And um, like I said, this is year two for the event. and So that's pretty impressive, just the, <clears throat> the growth uh, <clears throat> in year two. I mean, adding the expo in there and the, or the uh, convention in there and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. 
We were pretty aggressive with the the, the additions this year. Yeah. We, knew we had to do something. Last year's uh, attendance wasn't great. I think a large in large part due to the blizzard we I had. I was going to say, I which, just checked. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> we are still good. So last year you had a huge blizzard come through the day. Oh, it was, yeah, it yeah. was. I mean, it, I, I hate to say it was crippling, but uh, I think we had one team unable to make it because of the blizzard. Um, and and everyone else, I mean, there's no incentive to come. You know, yeah. there's you you got two feet of snow on the ground, and it's yeah. still coming down the entire weekend. The only people that should be there are the players sure. and the staff, right? So, um, it's it's one of the kind of I guess one of the risks you run running a tournament in January in Illinois. Yeah. Um, but it's also pretty perfect time for a League of Legends collegiate tournament. So. Yeah. Why is it a good time? Uh, so the the main season for Collegiate League of Legends starts the following week, um, and once that starts, all matches are on weekends. Uh, so it's very hard to reschedule those. Uh-huh. Um, and then it's it's so it's it's perfect time for avoiding Collegiate League of Legends. Um, it's enough time for schools to formulate their teams and get their kind of practice in and, and get comfortable and ready. Um, and it, and again, it really 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 just avoids the clash of everything else. Yeah, so I recall just being impressed that it still went off last year, given the weather. Mm -hmm. um, That people were still motivated, came through. The tournament still went. I know attendance wasn't great, like you said, but um, you know it's the the momentum to that might have shut another event down if it was weaker, right? The fact that the momentum went through and the tournament still persisted. Yeah, I mean it was a great tournament. I mean every single team that competed loved it uh we sent out a survey afterwards and everyone enjoyed it i mean the only downside was the weather mm-hmm. um i think we had a full we had a full bracket last year if i recall we did and the teams were so hungry to be here i yep. think one team ended up um at one point in the ditch from the snowstorm and yeah. got pulled out and kept coming and mm-hmm. <laughs> i mean they yeah, they wanted to be here to play so yeah i mean it, it was a hit it just when you've got two or three feet of snow on the ground, it makes things a little challenging. And are yeah. these just all Midwest teams then? Not this Not year. Not this year, no. Not this year. This year we have uh, Arizona State Universities flying out wow. to compete. Um, we have uh, Purdue Universities coming out, um, Illinois College, us, Illinois State University, um, Arkansas, I believe. University of Arkansas. University of Arkansas mm-hmm. is coming out. So Western Illinois. So yeah. are these are these style of tournaments held throughout the country, or is it this big of a deal that that's why it's attracting some of these? Um, I would say this is one of the premier tournaments in North America um, for collegiate or amateur. Um, yeah, I mean, there are more tournaments you can compete in. Uh, there are very few that are kind of doing it as big and as well yeah. as we are um, I think everyone on the committee we have, we have so many people on the committee that have such a variety of special talents that everyone brings something special uh, obviously we've got a lot of support from Bloomington Normal and, and, and the team over that Matt leads um, so the tournament is very very well run in a I was going to drop the F-bomb I was going to do it <laughs> in, in, a, in a great venue yeah. um, there's a lot of really good teams that come out uh, and there's a lot of people that are really passionate about making this event happen so I said so, so that's what's cool to me is that <coughs> even if uh, the listeners aren't that into the video game thing or, or anything like that it's the amount of attention this is bringing to our community and the amount of people that are visiting Bloomington Normal for the first time coming from Arizona or Arkansas or Purdue or wherever yeah there uh, aren't many things that 
would encourage Arizona State to come out yeah. to Bloomington. Not in January. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, not in January, that's right. for sure. Right. So, I mean, Matt, maybe you can help. Like, what's what's the impact of this? I mean, how do, how do we quantify what this can do? locally for you know the arenas downtown or what it could do downtown or mm-hmm. for the hotels and that kind of thing yeah i mean it's it's huge um it, i mean size wise as far as economic impact it might not compare to some of the other events we have but for this time of year especially january is fairly slow as far as sure the uh, tourism market um but yeah i mean the folks coming in from arizona state and i think you mentioned it not only are they going to be staying overnight in hotels and spending money at restaurants and buying gas and all that stuff, it's it's people that probably haven't been here before mm-hmm. in the community that might show them um, what we have to offer, might encourage them to come back again in the future or possibly move here or possibly bring their business here in the future. Sure. So, I mean, that, that's something you can't really measure uh, at this time, but it does open the doors for, I think, a lot of potential economic development in the future, or, or at least, at minimum, bring those folks, those folks back another time. And you, you said how many how many collegiate teams are coming? So there's about 21 or 22 open bracket teams, which is collegiate and amateur. Okay. So I'd say it's probably, probably like half and half. In <laughs> um, 12 high school? Is that what 12 I high school. And are those local high schools, or are those also from surrounding regional, right? Um, majority of those are from within Illinois, but they're across the state. Uh, Bloomington and Normal West, I think, are the two local teams playing. Yeah. But then we have, um, off the top of my head, Carl Sandberg High School, uh, Barrington up in the Chicago area. We have Salem from southern Illinois. So I think that's cool because it's showing off the area for possibly future students at Wesleyan or Illinois State, right? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we, we love it. It's a it's a recruiting goldmine. Yeah. I mean, not only are you getting players that play specifically what we recruit for, uh, hopefully high-level players. Right. So so explain how the facility is going to be set up. Are the games going to be down on the main floor and projected up? On, on the ice. Okay. <laughs> no, yes. Yeah, so. Extra challenge. <laughs> yeah. You have to skate to your station. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, so the tournament is going to be held on the main floor. Uh, the production desk with the broadcasters and commentators is going to be set up on the main floor. Um, we, we have the Jumbotron with the game casted up onto it. We have a stage set up, so uh, not only high schoolers have that feeling of being on stage competing, but uh, it adds a lot of pomp and circumstance to the matches. Um, and the stage is a gorgeous setup. Um, and then the concourse outside of the hockey rink uh, is where the game convention is happening. Uh, suites upstairs is where the clinic's happening. And then the restaurant is where the... Um, sorry, the clinic is happening in the restaurant and the game jam is in the suites upstairs. So, I mean, it's quite literally... Like you are the utilizing entire, the building. Yeah. The entire space will have something going on. So And then the, another kind of piece of the convention up on the uh, third floor party deck mm-hmm. on the east end of the suite level. Yeah. There'll be a whole open game room of just probably a mm-hmm. dozen TVs with random like Nintendo games or <laughs> 64 games or whatever. You correct me if I'm wrong. They're selling beer? I That's a good question. I think, I think the plan was they were selling beer. I don't remember. We have a week to make it happen. So. <laughs> <laughs> so. I think they are, yeah. I'm pretty sure they were. For a League of Legends theme, pardon my ignorance of it, are, are people playing like head-to-head, one-on-one, or do the teams play simultaneously? Yep, so the way League of Legends works is it's five versus five, uh, and you'll play against another team. So uh, f- just for discussion's sake, Illinois Wesleyan will go up against Arizona State. We'll be playing at the exact same time against each other, five versus five. Okay. 
So then you'll be able to see from the audience a view from the Jumbotrons along with the commentary. You should be able to follow what's going on. Yep. Right? So each station will actually have a TV on it. So you'll be able to watch each individual station. Oh, so okay. if you're not playing on main stage and you come and your kid is playing on a side station, you can still watch them play. Um, and then each, we, what we'll do is we'll select uh, feature matches, which will be happening on the stage. Uh, that will be projected onto the big screen. Audio will fill the whole venue, uh, as well as commentary. Um, so you'll have two people being able to walk you through it. Um, I mean, it's it's a full-on shindig. Yeah. Who do you have doing commentary? Oh, we've got a nice little list of volunteers. Tell me it's Charlie Slanker. I really hope it's Charlie Slanker. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice and soothing. And yeah, unfortunately, I don't think Charlie was available. Oh, uh, we did get Morgan Freeman <laughs> and David Attenborough. How calming would that be? No, we've got uh, we've got a list of about nine to ten, I think, um, of community broadcasters who are passionate about this kind of thing. and it was volunteering their time. Yep. Getting okay. the opportunity to come out and get on a broadcast. Okay. Cool. Um, so that's the League of Legends part of it. Um, can you guys can just jump in real quick with something? Yeah, sure. On What's that? up? Uh, talking about the setup, and I want to give them a shout out. This really wouldn't be happening in addition to all the great committee members we have. District 87 mm. is providing a, about 120 a computers and monitors okay. uh, for this thing. Yep. So without that, this thing would not at all be happening considering the cost or the. You know, the cost of, of buying them or renting them, you know, so we'll have, I don't know if you mentioned, 12 pods, we're calling them, yeah. of 10 computers on the floor, all provided by District 87. And, and State Farms, I think, rent, are loaning us some monitors, too, but uh, without District 87, it's that's a huge it's, part of the event. It doesn't happen. Yeah. When, when you were speaking of just how it's going to be set up, I was thinking of how <coughs> logistically difficult it's got to be to have the cameras and the TV and yeah that's that's a huge mm -hmm. undertaking and then not mm -hmm. even talking about just getting that equipment in the door um, and the cost of that if it wasn't for you know sponsors and right I, I mean on that committee we've got IT people we've got production people we've got games people we've got town people I mean we have literally I don't yeah. think you can get a more diversified mm -hmm. group of that's people really come together well and and District 87, I don't know, do they provide the, the PCs, but they set up the entire network inside the building to be able to play yep. uh, the game. So, yeah, it's it's a great group of people that without them wouldn't happen. I see you on your jacket there, the State Farms <coughs> featured prominently. Um, How did you get, what was the process of getting them on board, and what have, what have they provided as far as support? Sure, yeah, State Farms has been a great uh, supporter of us as a CVB and a sports commission, uh, as well as this event. And I think uh, it just fit very well with what they're doing on a national level or even international level. State Farm, I think, has really jumped on board the League of Legends scene yep. um, from a national perspective and the fact that we were doing a pretty big size event here in town, it just made sense for them to, to jump on board. So it, and sponsored Dr. Lupo, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. sponsored he, Dr. Lupo. He's a, he's a league player? No, he's a Fortnite streamer. Fortnite, okay. uh, it does a little more variety now, but yeah, he's a, he's a streamer. Um, he's incredible, one of the best people on the planet. Um, he does, uh, every year he does a stream for St. Jude. Um, I think this year he ended up raising like $2 million. Holy cow. Uh, yeah. I mean... He's no small fry. I remember uh, when he came to visit at corporate, they had all these chairs set up, and I was like, that really seems like overkill, like the number of chairs you have set up. And then it was like vastly 
under underfilled. Yeah, yeah underfilled. Packed. And there's like people who heard he was in town and couldn't get into the building. Yep. Like, you know, um, so I I think that the energy around this continues to surprise uh, people. Um, the fact that there is such a demand and interest in these things. Yeah, and I think that's one of the other things that, so going back to something you mentioned earlier um, about kind of why this is happening in Bloomington Normal and, and, and what the goal is here. Uh, Bloomington Normal, I mean, we've got two very good schools with two esports programs. I mean, uh, Illinois State's uh, getting underway. We've got Heartland is looking into it. Uh, Illinois Wesleyan is obviously on the ball already. So I don't know many towns that have three schools that are going to have esports programs you know it's true um we, we have the a very good opportunity here to create a, a mecca if you will in in the midwest region of collegiate esports mm-hmm. um does isu's focus on league of legends too isu focuses on a, a variety of different games so they have uh, isu has a, a unique structure in which they are varsity and club level um so they've got a little bit broader of an array of games that they play, but they are competing in this tournament, and they do have League of Legends teams. Okay. And Wesleyan, if I remember from when we talked, you're you're focused on this game, right? So we have uh, League of Legends and Fortnite currently, um, and we are adding in four new games next year. Okay. So we're uh, we're what are those going to be? Uh, Rocket League, Super Smash Brothers. Hearthstone and Overwatch. Not Goldeneye. Not Goldeneye. <laughs> Not Goldeneye. No, but the uh, mid thirties crowd is like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, we've uh, we've committed to a pretty big expansion over the course of the next year. So, does how does that work? Because I mean, I've been to the Hanson Student Center and saw the arena and like a super impressive when I first saw it. Um, but when you're adding games, does that add cost to there or size? Or? Yeah. So the space that we have in the Hanson Student Center will be no more. Okay. Next year. I didn't know that. Um, in the sense that when you do add in more games, you're recruiting new players, more teams, uh, more staff means more offices. Um, so we are uh, moving to a new facility next year with more space, more computers, more offices. Uh, just kind of hope what will hopefully be the permanent home of yeah. Illinois Wesleyan Esports, mm-hmm. unless we outgrow it by recruiting another 200 kids. And, and Wesleyan was ahead of the game a little bit, right? Yeah, we uh, we were pretty early adopters into collegiate esports. Um, we've continued to stay uh, at the forefront. Uh, I'm on the advisory board to the National Association of Esports Coaches and Directors. Um, our League of Legends team is one of the best in the United States. Uh, in the collegiate space, I'd say we're Comfortably top ten, arguably top five. That shots fired for this tournament. Come yeah, no, it's, we're, 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 uh, we are we're going into it with the number two seed, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's interesting because Arizona State is one of those teams that I would also say is floating around top ten. Um, so they're going to put up a tough match. Purdue is going to put up a tough match, but I, hopefully we'll beat them both. Um, RMU. Not I'm not. Uh, yeah, Army is not bad by any means, but I don't think they're as strong as they used to be. Um, we we beat RMU once this year uh, to in the semifinals of a tournament that we actually ended up winning to go to University of California Irvine. Um, so I think I think we'll. I think in in this tournament we're definitely top one or two. And that's Robert Morris University, right? Okay. Chicago.
We want to take a quick break to thank our sponsors at BRE Law for sponsoring this episode. BRE Law is there for you when you are injured or need legal help because they know when it comes to your claim, good isn't good enough. You deserve the best. To find out more about BRE Law and how they can help you, visit BREinjurylaw.com. Do you, excuse the ignorance, like, do you have to be in a room together and land, or do, can you... You can play online. Like, okay, yeah. so, so how, how, at the collegiate level at Wesleyan, do you always get together? Yep. Okay. Yep, so our team competes in practices and trains out of our facility. Gotcha. Um, okay. But no, yeah, I mean, there are schools that don't have the resources that we do, and they will play in their dorm rooms. And, yeah, that's and what I was wondering. Be all over the place. I think well, that was the one thing, if we can go down this rabbit hole a little bit... <laughs> <laughs> this was this was one of the things that surprised me, caught me off guard when you and I talked before. Was um, I don't do a ton of prep with these podcasts because I like to just have it be a natural conversation. But I did have a few backup questions. We but don't get mostly, paid enough. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're mostly around just like video game type sure. topics. But um, my Justin wasn't available, so my friend Jason came in. And I was really happy he was there because he follows college athletics closer, and he was actually better able to have a conversation with you because um, it, it's it was less about you, you struck me less as like a video game guy than you did like as a as a real like sorry not real but like athletic <laughs> like a coach of a, a right. collegiate athletic yep. program in the way that you approach things like your your practices are structured mm-hmm. you have high expectations for them in terms of their their grades and yep. the practice that they put in your your you're tweaking their abilities, you're, you're moving them to the right place. It's the real deal, and, and yeah. I think we get, a, we get a lot of parents that'll come and, and they don't care or like esports, uh, or they don't even know that I've actually been talking to their kid for six months and their kids just, they just think it's a school visit. Um, and they'll come up and they'll see the space and they'll see the practices and they'll talk to players and they literally will turn and just go, what? <laughs> are you kidding? This is a thing. Like people are doing this, and 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 I've had parents who have quite literally said, "I don't like esports, but it sounds like it's going to keep my kid motivated to do well in school because my players have academic requirements, right?" Um, what yeah. kind of time commitment are they putting in then? You know, it's interesting because for, for for a team as high level as we are, I would say out of the top, if we are a top ten team, we probably put in the least. Out of all those top ten teams, mm-hmm. um, you see, it's not even that hard to be this good. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think you guys better do well. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think I think Illinois Wesleyan is a is a tough school, and so and we want our students to understand that they're students first, um, and so academics will always play a priority. Um, and and with that being said, uh, they also have to maintain academics if they want to play for us. Um, so. We only practice nine hours a week as a team. Realistically, my players are probably putting in 20 to 30 on their own time, plus the nine for practice hours. Um, but as a, as a team, we don't require them really that much. And that, that time they're spending playing, too, is not like... It's not leisure in terms of I'm going to sit down and play some game. Right? Oh no, they're, they're it's, focusing it's on practice. A, they're yeah. focusing on a partif- specific type of skill that they want to develop and experience they want to have. Right. So the season, so the League of Legends season ten just started uh, a couple days ago. Um, one of my players decided at the beginning of the season there's always a big grind. Everyone gets on and, and shoots for the highest that they can get. Uh, one of my players I think played probably like 17 or 18 hours in the first day. <laughs> Uh, and ended up sitting at rank five in all of North America. Um, so that's out of 
the, the million plus players there are, he was number five in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, I think all of my team is probably in the top one thousand right now. So they like they do put in the work and they're definitely practicing hard. And you don't. It's not like we just sit down and play Goldeneye. You know, it's not like we're just sitting around and hanging out, just drinking a couple beers, playing video games. These guys are practicing. They're training. They're going to the lab and working on specific drills, um, mechanics that just like a football quarterback goes out and just practices throwing 100 balls through a hoop. These guys are doing the same thing just on a computer. And they're... And in this game, they have roles to play, right? Yep. yep. So each one, each each player has a specific role in the game, um, and they each contribute their own specialty. Mm-hmm. One of the big factors I consider to be within sports is communication and, mm-hmm. and strategy. I know some people don't consider esports a sport, but I know that's a big part of it. And even some of the physical components. I don't know if you guys go through like a physical boot camp, but I know other schools or pro teams at least mm-hmm. go through physical training to uh, participate. Yeah, I think the biggest thing our players do physically is when they are late for practice or they're screwing around <laughs> they're and they start doing yeah. laps. Our My League of Legends coach, his, his gamer tag is quite literally laps for Iwoo. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I, I, you know, it's... it's People, there's a there's always that discussion of like, is it a sport? Are these athletes? And I, I think my response is always just, who cares? <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, you don't we don't need uh, somebody to come in and tell you it's real or it's not real or, or or these guys are athletes or they're not athletes. I mean, you just look at the industry, you look at what people are doing, and you understand that this is a very real space. Um, you see the money that's going into it. You see the money, the sponsors, the partners. State Farm is involved. I mean. It's real. Yeah. So there's got to be a physical component to be able to play for 17 hours, right? I mean, you, you got well, <laughs> to. Rea- to me, it's like the reaction thing. I mean, that's why I, I used to be really good at Madden, right? And then like the older I get, the less I play. It's like I'm not very good anymore because I can't hit the buttons as fast. <laughs> like, like it's just yeah. it, it's a reactionary thing. I think it's alertness thing. And I, I think, and and I, this song you probably didn't even think about last year, but when you look at the players competing in these tournaments. Most of them are in shape, mm-hmm. um, and and I think there's a the logic behind that personally is if, to play at a high level, um, stamina. You need the discipline to be able to practice. If you can practice discipline, then you're probably able to practice discipline going to the gym or eating healthy, right? So when you look at esports as a whole, like sure there are unhealthy people, but in, in general, like. I think there's a, a stereotype to what gamers yeah. are, and then I think there's what gamers actually are. And like as you mentioned earlier, you know, you didn't really see me as like the, the video games guy, right? Um, and I think that says that goes for a lot of my players and, and a lot of esports athletes out there in general. If you look at, you come to Wesley and you're gonna go into our arena and go, wait, you're ranked five in North America? Are you kidding me? Yeah, yeah. Whenever I see someone looking down on somebody else. Like saying that their skills not as worthy as any others. I think about can you just take someone and drop them into a space and have them be successful. So if you're saying, oh, so and so is not that good of a singer, well, you know they, they're selling millions of records, mm-hmm. so they're doing something right. Yep. And I'm pretty sure if you just suddenly decided to be a singer, you're you not selling, be selling millions of records. You're selling millions of records. Yep. So you know whether or not you like the music is fine, but that person's got something, so you can respect them for that. And uh, you know I feel. Feel like that as you, you don't have to find out much about esports to know that this is not just. You know, if I, you know, if I just spent 
you know, my time doing video games instead of working, I could be up there in the top five in the country too. Like, there's millions of people playing this thing. Mm-hmm. So you have a, to your point, whether it's a sw- sport or not is arbitrary. It's just beside the point. Right. It's it's a matter of excellence, of putting in time and skill to achieve excellence in something. Yep. So agreed. Yeah. What's what? Going back to the event, sixty uh, six Games Expo, what is the future look like? So you guys have made it sounds like a tremendous leap from last year to this year with adding the additional components to it, um, getting some teams from further away. Um, so obviously there was some buzz created. So what, what's like next year look like or five years look like? I think as far as adding new things, I think we'll probably stick with this format at least for a couple years and not get too crazy. Um, there has been talk within the committee, though, of adding additional games mm-hmm. or additional tournaments. So I don't know if we'll add additional components like a convention or something like that, but we could possibly add uh, a Fortnite tournament or, or what have Smash, happened. Rocket League, something. So is there enough space on that floor to be able to execute that or at the arena? Uh, yeah, I, I, we'd, we'd have to shift around how some things are managed. I mean, at the end of the day, we've got... 100 computers down there. Yeah. So if if, if, if we can't run a t- second tournament with 100 computers, like... Yeah, come Sunday, most of those computers are not being used because mean, the bracket play, I guess teams are, are going home. So a lot of those, like you said, would be open for use on, on Sunday at least. Mm-hmm. We could add an additional day as well to do other things. So Is there prize money attached or is it just bragging rights, trophies? What's What are we winning on Sunday? Yeah, the open <laughs> division has a $6,000 prize pool. So, so that's probably pretty attractive to some of these people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> Especially I, college kids. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> so how, how, many, how many kids on a team? Five. So 6,000 split between five? Well, it'd be uh, pro- total prize pool. So first place oh, team would get 3,000. Second place, 2,000. Third place, 1,000. Yeah, still pretty good. And I know they, for, there's all trophy? In high school, is just trophies. Yeah. Because um, they can't accept cash, obviously. Yeah. Well, that's still oh, open as a trophy, right? Yeah, they have a trophy. As a trophy. So we talked about the tournament. Let's uh, let's go to the second component a little bit more. Um, let's talk about the what a video game convention is. So I've never been to one, seen pictures. Uh, we mentioned cosplay for people who don't know that term. It's people dressing up as characters from the games. Yep. Um, what other? And you mentioned you know, being able to buy um, you know, trinkets or art or crafts or things like that. So is is this a matter of? Is this also a place where maybe there's some? New games that people are demoing, or what else kind of um, goes? What's the feel of a convention? Yes and no. So uh, typically, what you'll see is, in terms of new games, there might be like indie developers that come and set up a, their own table, and they're not AAA title by any means, but they're just trying to get a, show their work off. Uh, you'll see a lot of game artists. So, for example, um, and, and by all means, this is not specific to this event, but. If you if you made artwork for Halo, you could have a, a table signing autographs and selling prints from the game or like original character designs, and so it's it's a cool opportunity for collectors to be able to come and get stuff that you know you don't really find anywhere. Okay. Um, so there could be indie game developers. There could be people creating all sorts of stuff. I mean, you could buy bags. You could get uh, knitted hats with your favorite characters stitched into them. Right. Um, I, I mean, there's genuinely it's a, a variety of things. There's 51, 52 vendor booths. Um, so these will be some. These are um, not as much the people 
the, the companies that are developing these big games. These are more the the community that yep. is surrounding them and the, the people who have a passion for that and want to engage in that way. Yep. It's, I mean, in terms of, it's, it's just like going to a Comic-Con, just smaller. Um, so, again, artists, creators, um, partners, people that are just interested and passionate about games, uh, Billy Mitchell. Billy Mitchell will be there. I don't know if he has a booth. Who's that? He does. Uh, Billy Mitchell is uh, a icon in the arcade world. Um, he is uh, a former, uh, still, I don't really know where it ended up, but he's a champion Donkey Kong competitor. World record holder. World record holder. Okay. Um, and so you, he's, if, you, if you've seen him once, he's very recognizable. Um, Always wears a suit, American flag tie, and he's got slicked back hair that goes down to his shoulders, <laughs> um, and uh, and he's got an iconic thumbs up. But he's he's going to be there. He's uh, is, he's giving a he's doing a little talk, I think. He's part of the clinic. Uh, he's going to have his own booth, and he's going to be uh, playing Pac-Man, I think, or Donkey Kong, or both. I think there's a Kong tournament, and I think he's going to get a kill screen Pac-Man, uh, and a kill screen is effectively. Um, when when you when the old ga- arcade games were set up uh, at the end of the game, when you get so far that the developers really didn't think anyone would get that far, it just ends. The game literally just kind of dies, and it's called a kill screen. So, okay. um, same with Donkey Kong. Pac Man has them. It's called getting a kill screen. It's kind of one of those things that I've gone to arcade events. Uh, I used to work in the arcade industry, so I've gone to conventions and. You'll literally have, and I've, I've actually met and seen Billy Mitchell get kill screens in Donkey Kong, um, and and he will have a crowd of 60, 70 people, and these guys and girls are cheering and like fist pumping and like hooting and hollering, <laughs> and you've just got Billy Mitchell sitting there on an arcade cabinet on a on a on a stool just kind of hunched over, just going for it. It's it's a cool experience, but nice. he'll be there. And he's I know he's going for a kill screen as well. So okay. Hmm. So the eSports clinic then, that, is that part of that where he's going to be doing or is that part of the convention where he's going to be doing that? Uh, both. So okay. the convention piece is the kill screens in the booth, but then he's also going to speak at the clinic okay. as well. So that clinic, is that something that's, sounds like it's something that's more targeted to a specific demographic who has a, a professional or deep personal interest in the industry, mm-hmm. not as much for the general public coming through. Is that is that sort of the feel of that? I would say most of it's probably geared toward high school or college coaches or administrators. And I can throw out some of the topics here. Um, one of them is leading our states and students to success in esports, starting a university esports program, uh, student insights into diversity and inclusion in esports. So more yeah, school based and admin based. Uh, for okay. the most part, I've heard from a lot of uh, high school coaches in the state, college coaches that are going to be traveling in for it, just for the the speakers. Yeah, it's it's worth it. you know it's 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 very worth it for any program or school that's on the fence or administrator that's on the fence about it to be able to come and just hear from people who've done it, hear from people who are doing it, uh, and, and even if at the end of the day, if the clinic sways one person's opinion to launch a program. Huge success. I think it's cool just the amount of attention and energy you're putting into growing your medium, right? Like like putting on those things for other people to come in and say, is this something we want to start where we are? That's pretty cool too. Because, I mean, it only benefits everybody. But. Right. And it appeals to a much larger audience. So going back to one of Matt's original points that, you know, we're trying to bring new people into town. Mm-hmm. 
well, we can bring in League of Legends players and exclusively League of Legends players, or we can bring in school administrators, students and, and speakers and players, yeah. and, and it just hits a significantly larger audience. And even some of them, this is maybe a little bit outlandish, possibly, but you know, some of the people that have a booth at the convention, some of these aren't just people that do this for a hobby. Like they're packing up their shop or their store, bringing their stuff here, so they maybe would someday move their business here. You know, yeah. I mean, it's possible. Just to expose Bloomington Normal to these people, I think, is a big deal. It is a big deal. Yeah, absolutely. Then I guess just uh, the game jam. Anything else we can say about that? Who are these? Who are these amateur developers? What what are their? Uh, how are they coming to this thing? I think most of them are students, um, college students. Right, right, they're college students who are studying game design or studying computer science and things like that. Okay, um, they put together their own teams, uh, just a group of friends. How do you know? So they're all developing from scratch a game within forty eight hours, right? How do you know if it's a team that they haven't already developed this and they just got to redevelop it? That might be a dumb question. I'm just curious. <laughs> that's that's a question for someone else. No, okay, that's a good right. question. <laughs> I think they go through and and check their. Software. I didn't know if they had to be before they started, or something. if maybe like they were given a specific game they had to develop. Like you have to develop a game like this. Yes, when they, they get do there. give a uh, theme or a, okay. so. There's some structure. Sure, you have to build a baseball game or whatever it is. Right. Okay. You know. That's what I wanted. It's, it's like, like just any right. type of game. They have yeah. to right. they work within some constraints on that. Yeah. Huh. Okay. That's I don't know that I think that's really cool and interesting is there's not going to be is from there's not going to be much public viewing of that until like the awards thing though, yep. right? Like so it's right. just kind of like well, it'll be open. You can walk in there and see what they're doing and it probably wouldn't be very that interesting. exciting yeah. to just sit them and you won't have to com- watch them type. You should have the commentators in there. Hosting <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it up. He's yeah. like a good old-fashioned hackathon. Yeah, he's do, you, a- do you get to display the games or at least a top five games or something like that at the end at the awards thing of what they've developed in 48 hours. I think it'd be cool to see what could be done in 48 hours. To Yeah, I think our production crew is working on that to see if we can get uh, a short clip of what the yeah, game would be and right. put it up on the big screen. And yeah, because that would be cool. Words, I mean, yeah. just the idea that someone could develop a game in 48 hours amazes me. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's right. obviously what eight bit, you know, something like right. that. Not always. I mean, I've, I've, I'm hopeful that some of the. I don't I mean. I guess you don't really have time to do a whole lot of art, but I think um, I'm hopeful that some of these games are pretty badass. Mm-hmm. I, when I was a freshman in college, my CS class, we uh, in one of my CS classes, we developed a game. We had to develop Missile Command. And uh, the, the one thing I remember about it was a team of us, and we were coming up with sound effects, and we could not find a good sound effect for, like, a missile getting shot. And then finally I just went, pew! And then that became our sound effect, and it worked really, really well. So, And I bet um, people loved it, too. Yeah, yeah, I just sped it up a little bit. Um, but... Uh, I think I got the idea from Star Trek because I, I remember the Star Trek like the, the sound of the doors opening was just someone going shh, and then uh, that became like the iconic sound used for hundreds of episodes. So. Interesting. Um, I didn't know so that. Yeah, you got to be creative in uh, in game development, I guess. So. Don't overthink it. Yeah. You, Halo um, has just hired a pug to make the sounds for the elites. <laughs> and it's literally they'll just have the pug rolling around on the floor playing with toys and they'll just record it <laughs> that's great and that's, and that's how they've done the sounds and they've, got, they've actually got videos of this whole like whole sound team over this little <laughs> over this little pug and the pug's just rolling around growling on the floor that's fantastic that's funny that's awesome but, yeah Halo reminded me of a story my friend just told me about esports um he was talking to his friend, whose son was really into it, but he was he was kind of like those parents you were describing that didn't really understand the, the magnitude of it, thought yep. it was just a hobby, thought he just was in the basement all the time playing video games. Mm-hmm. 
And then his son, he was like, hey, Dad, um, like there's a tournament that I just got qualified to enter. Um, is it okay if you like I can go? And he's like, well, when is it? He's like, oh, it's you know, it's a, it's in the summer. Uh, it's in Germany. And he's <laughs> like, he's like, I'm not gonna pay for you to go play video games in Germany. He's like, no, like they're totally paying for it. Like, <laughs> and they're gonna cover my expenses and everything. I yep. just need like, I just need you to like drive me to the airport and like <laughs> give me permission because I'm under 18. And he's like. Wait, what's happening? Like, <laughs> yeah, dial it back a little what bit. What have you been doing down there? How did you get an internet? How'd you yeah. win an international tournament? But um, yeah, it's it's good to keep tabs on what you're uh, what's going on here. With yep. people. I've related I've related the esports thing at least from my perspective um, to when like the online poker thing got really big. It's like people started realizing that there was one money involved, but just how much skill set is involved in those type of things too. And unfortunately, that went a different way and be, <laughs> than we want esports to go. But you know. It, Esports is it hits a couple core things. Uh, video games are pretty accessible these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you have a computer, you can play. Games are free to play these. A lot of games are free to play these days, so uh, it's accessible to get in. Um, there's no barrier of entry in the sense that if you're a fifth grader, you can start playing, and if you're good enough, you can be competitive. We've got we have a kid that comes to our Smash of the Titans events, which is our our kind of regional Smash tournament. Um, 11 years old and he either gets first or second every time um, so the, the the barrier of entry is really low games are accessible um, and you literally just need a computer or an Xbox or a Playstation to go pro Yeah. Um, and, and there are opportunities out there, scholarships salaried organizations, I mean some of these pro players are making more money than yeah. any of us know what to do with is there a crossover between games with players? So are they in, usually pretty targeted? In, in very unique situations. Um, so typically what will happen is a player will go pro in a game. Uh, and, and going pro in a game takes a s- stupid amount of hours in the first place, um, just like going pro in football would or right. anything like that. There are players who are so dang good that they can switch games pretty easily so a lot of people have heard of Ninja Ninja is uh, one of the biggest streamers Uh, it became a big personality over the course of the last like two years through esports and gaming Um, Ninja started playing Halo competitively then he quit playing Halo and went to a game called H1Z1 Um, then he quit H1Z1 and went to PUBG then he quit PUBG and went to Fortnite now then Fortnite blew up and now he's the superstar right Um, but he's played four games as a pro player pretty much back to back to back to back uh, there's a player named Crim6 who played Halo competitively, quit and then played Call of Duty uh, professionally so you'll see pro players switch games occasionally yeah. but usually in the same genre but you very 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 rarely see a player who's pro in two different games at the same time simply because the time commitment is just too much. Not too many Bo Jacksons or Deion Sanders out there. <laughs> no. What, what's the shelf life of a game then? Like this League of Legends, how long has it been out? Like how long do you expect it to be relevant? League, League just celebrated their 10 year anniversary. Okay, so um, it's a decent amount of time for a good game like that. Or, or, is, or is it the fact that these teams are playing that is what's keeping it the longevity there? Uh, League has invested a lot of money into the infrastructure of their professional circuit uh, to the point where they have professional casters who take acting classes Okay. Uh, to the point where they have I, I don't remember the exact number but they've got regional tournaments throughout the world that are all part of one ecosystem and they all go to a world championship I mean 
Um, so, so part of their success is the infrastructure they built around it. That if it were to just go away, it, just, it wouldn't. I think the only thing that's going to take down League of Legends is whatever game Riot Games comes out with oh, next to oh, replace yeah. their own game. So I think, I think League's probably got another anywhere from five to ten years, wow. and and that's pretty impressive. Um, Counter Strike has been around since the '90s. Wow, that's, I remember Counter Strike, and that's so, yeah. still a big game. Uh, Super Smash Brothers has been around since 2000s, and that's a big game still. Are and people the, playing the Switch version of Smash now? Yep, or Ultimate. Still, yep, okay. that's the big one. All right. um, Melee is still pretty popular, though. So people are still playing the other ones as well. Is that but, the GameCube one? Uh, yes, uh, okay. or Wii U, I think. Wii U. Okay. But All right. but yes, um, and then there are games that come and go within a few years. So. Yeah. Uh, Honestly, there's no, no, no real way of knowing how long a game's going to last. Like, Smash has had zero developer support since it started, and it's one of the biggest esports titles because of the community behind it. On the other hand, if Riot Games did not invest in the infrastructure like they did, it would not exist. The community support would not be there. Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> there's no real way of knowing. I'm kind of interested, Matt, from your perspective. So I, I assume you you get in the work in the visitor bureau um, on the sports division. You're not anticipating this being how you're spending a lot of your time. So um, can you talk a little bit about how you came to have your current position and how this seems to be the same and, and different from what you're used to with other activities? Sure, yeah. I mean, I've been doing this uh, in this position for almost 15 years Um pretty much straight out of college, get my master's degree at ISU in sports management. And yeah, like I think we're alluding to, a lot of what I do is your traditional ball or stick sport, you know, uh, golf, wrestling, uh, basketball, softball is a lot of what we do in town, uh, whether it's events at champion fields or or what have you. High school and collegiate mostly? Um, Or younger, yeah, I'm very, very few adult tournaments. We're focusing on the the kids in general so Mm -hmm. that they bring their parents and their siblings and whomever else with them. So yeah, I mean, um, but just like any other organization, we have to adapt to what's going on in the, in, the, in the world, so to speak. So, and again, I think I mentioned it earlier, at a brainstorming session, um, uh, Illinois Wesleyan's AD is on our sports commission board, and he mentioned that, yeah, we're starting a program. A guy from State Farm's on our board, he's like, yeah, we're looking into you know sponsoring League of Legends at a national level. Is this something we could look, you know, look into? And like I said, it just kind of snowballed from there, and and making the appropriate contacts. Yeah, but I think to answer your question, I never, I'm not an esports person. I'm not a gamer. I mean, I'm like you. I've played PlayStation, you know, here and there, or whatnot, but um, never a PC gamer. So I've I've learned quite a bit over the last couple <laughs> of years, and I still don't feel like I know enough to be sitting here talking to you about it, but uh, here we are. You did good. <laughs> you did good. I think it's interesting, correct me if I'm wrong, it seems to me like, okay, I'm going to run a high school volleyball tournament. Okay, pretty much know what that entails, right? We've been doing that for decades. Mm-hmm. We pull people and we do the volleyball tournament. Maybe you want to put a little tweak on it or something, but it's kind of more just you're going to implement the tried and true. The system's already in play. Yeah. Whereas this is so open of do we want to combine these different events together how do we, what kind of space do we want to have it in like th- there's a lot more uncertainty and the potential for creativity with this type of event is that is that accurate absolutely yeah there's a lot that i'm still learning but a lot that we figured out kind of along the way and, and bring in callum and 
Andrew Reddington from Illinois Wesleyan, who I believe started the program and, and brought Callum in as their yep. uh, director. Um, having people like that who knew the industry, have competed in events in other places. Uh, guy on our committee is Jonathan Strupek, who uh, is very involved in the gaming scene. Um, he does a little bit of his own streaming, I think, Yep. on an amateur level. But um, just having that expertise, because, yeah, I mean, I, could, I from a business side of things, I know how to put on an event, but I don't know the ins and outs of what esports entails. You know, all the the technical and software side of it or the you know the equipment needs yep. uh, what's expected uh, even though it's generally run the same as a traditional sporting event with brackets and you know those kind of things there's different expectations between esports events or a basketball tournament there's just you know things they're used to be doing certain things this way esports does it this way uh, so just learning those kind of minute details and figuring out um, what would make the most sense for us i think that's the best thing is you go to a basketball tournament, You, the general fan is expecting a certain thing, right? Whereas this, I think, while there could be some expectations, because it's so new, you get a chance to implement your own ideas and make it your own thing. Yeah. Um, and I, that was a vision that I had. I, starting with just the league tournament last year, I knew before that started, once I knew this was going to be a, a real thing, I had grand visions of turning this into more of an expo, and it's gotten there pretty quick. So I think we'd like to continue to grow it, however that works out. But um, yeah, pretty excited about how it's turned out thus far. Yeah. Who, uh, who designed the poster? That crazy Pac-Man guy. For those of you who haven't seen it, we'll, we'll put a picture up on our on our Facebook page. Yeah, that, that poster is mainly promoting the convention, but since it's part of our event, um, obviously that ties in. But mm -hmm. I believe the guy's name is Jeremiah Lambert, and I want to say he's out of the Peoria area. Cal, okay. you know? I think so. And he's just uh, uh, an artist that does a lot of video game artwork, a lot of his own prints and whatnot. So mm -hmm. he had offered to do... Um, our event. He's connected with Ryan Tauscher, who oversees the convention, so they hooked up and yeah. he offered to do it for us. And it's if you go to, I think it's JeremiahLambertArt.com. Uh, he's got a lot of cool stuff on there. So yeah. for those interested, I dig it because you know you see Pac-Man as you're used to him, and then you try to you think about what's the reality of what Pac-Man would really be experiencing on the ground. It's right. uh, <laughs> yeah. it's kind of a crazy scene. So yeah, it definitely <laughs> opens your eyes. Yeah. <laughs> um. Well, uh, we, we did a pretty good hour here. Do you guys feel like there was anything important to hit that we didn't cover already? Anything else you want to do? Like, kind of, if not, you could wrap it up, let people know where they can find out more information, and um, say one again, like the pricing and the timing and everything. Yeah, I think um, if you're on the fence or curious or just looking for something to do this weekend, I'm pretty sure they're selling beer. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure that was a discussion. If not, I'm going to come look for you. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I, you know, it's it's definitely worth coming out to. Uh, there's a lot of things to do. There's a lot of things to see. Uh, if you've got kids and you want to just have them run around for a little while and, and get them to check it out, it's worth it. Hell, even just coming for a day is worth it's worth coming to. So. Uh, it's going to be a fun tournament. If you're into League of Legends, there's a lot of really good teams, a lot of high-level players that are going to be competing. Um, so 100%, stop by, come down. And Saturday and Sunday will be the days when the convention are going on, Yeah. right? 10 to 6? Is that the... the convention will be open 10 to 6. The building will be open from 8 to 8 a.m. to 11 p.m. with the yeah. tournament. So okay. anytime in that window, people can come in. But yeah, the convention's 10 to 6. Saturday and Sunday, and the clinic is 9 to 3 on just Saturday. Right. You said it's 
$30 for a three-day pass, 13 for adults, or 6 for kids for a one-day pass. Correct. No. And right. if, if I recall, if you, do you, have to buy, you don't have to buy tickets to the clinic? Everything's included with your, with your ticket. So one ticket gets you into all those different areas. Okay. Um, something we didn't mention in, in uh, the convention piece, I think they're going to have a couple of VR machines as well, so people interested in checking that out can do that. Okay. Uh, is there a place to get food there, here, there, over the lunchtime? All the concession stands will be open on the concourse. Okay. So, of course, right. you can go downtown, take a break, go downtown right. and eat, and come back. Rosie's is a block away. You've got Anju <laughs> above two blocks away. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. lots of options. Cool. Um, last thing, put you guys on the spot. Didn't worry about this, but at the end, we like to give people a chance to give a shout out to someone else who's doing something big in Bloomington Normal. Uh, someone else, who, uh, either an organization or a person who you feel like is doing some good stuff, who might not necessarily get a lot of press for doing it. Uh, you guys have anyone that comes to mind? Yeah, so I'll uh, I will give a more of a congratulations than a shout out uh, to uh, David Kirk. Uh, David Kirk is the new director of esports over at Illinois State University. Um, so I've had the pleasure of working with them for the last probably about a year, just kind of dabbling and, and touching into the space a little bit. And uh, David is coming over from University of Akron, um, which has a very successful Rocket League and uh, Rainbow Six team. Uh, so congratulations to him. Uh, excited to see what they do, and it's definitely worth checking out. Yeah. Unless you're looking at schools to apply to, then still come to us at Illinois <laughs> University. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. All right. Good to know. Good to know uh, you guys aren't mortal enemies yet. We'll no, see. I'm. I, me, David and I have had many a conversation about, as I said, making Illinois not Illinois wasn't it, making Bloomington normal, that that mecca. I mean, between the two universities plus Heartland looking into it, I mean, there's a there's something for everyone in this town when it comes to esports. So, I think. Uh, I'm, I'm very excited that they're on board, and I'm excited that he's here. So, I think for me, sticking with the subject matter, um, I hate to call out specific committee members, but uh, both Jonathan Strupek and Chris Holt, I think, have done a lion's share of the work on the committee in terms of um, just getting things in place to, to have a successful tournament. Chris is overseeing our entire LAN network, providing all the computers, so without him... Not happen as I mentioned, and Jonathan's doing all the uh, majority of the, the seating with Callum's help, and then all the production on site. Um, so those two guys, in addition to our other 18 or so members, have been been huge for us. So I knew that I could not have done this uh, as a CVB or sports commission on my own. So I appreciate those two guys and Callum and, and the rest of the committee for everything they've done to to make this happen, and of course uh, State Farm as well. Cool. Well, the. Uh the music from the video games here at Play Normal Esports sometimes comes into this room. I usually ask them to turn it down, but I figured if you can hear that in the background, that was unplanned, but seemed uh, topical to me yeah, for yeah. this time, so it worked out. Set the mood. Yeah, works out okay. Um, do want to thank Play Normal Esports for letting us camp out here every couple weeks and do these podcasts. Um, uh, you guys are, uh, I assume, enthusiastic about having the Play Normal Esports site here too, right? Oh, I love it. I think it's a great space. I mean, again, it, 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 it continues to encapsulate what I'm saying about the, the mecca for Bloomington Normal. There's literally something for everyone in terms of esports and gaming here. Yeah. So you, as, a, as someone who uh, is a very familiar with this space, what, what kind of things are there here that are um, 
attractive for a gamer. Yeah, I mean the the equipment's high tech. It's it's state of the art space. You've got com- uh, computers, PlayStations, Xboxes, uh, Switches. Uh, they've got a, a studio, obviously, that we're in now. Mm-hmm. Uh, birth- Chairs look pretty comfortable. Too. Chairs are comfortable. <laughs> the yeah. bir- birthday parties are a hit. Uh, I mean, this is a great space to be. Yep. It's, a, it's a, a hangout spot that I wish I had when I was in school. All right. Well, if you haven't seen it yourself, come on over to 802 South El Dorado in Bloomington. Check out Play Normal Esports. Are we done, Justin? Let's be done. All right. Thank you, gentlemen. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you.